Welcome to the River D Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday worship message recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. to preach on was Jesus, faithful Jesus. And I think we've got a PowerPoint and it's just got the word um, Jesus on it. However, when me and Ben were talking about being faithful, you know, Ben always reminds me that he thinks he's got the most faithful dog. I don't know if you agree with this or not, Val, but Ben convinces me that there is no dog that is more faithful. So um, if you can put it to, can you get it so it's full screen? And the second one is a picture of little Archie for anyone that hasn't met, um, met him before. Now, Ben thinks that Archie is the most faithful dog. He thinks that no matter what, he would be by his side. And I've got to be honest, when we're going around the house, wherever Ben is, there's Archie. And Val knows this, because when we send Archie to their house, Archie's like your little shadow, isn't he? And he follows you around. Well, that's what happens in our house. And he is a very faithful dog. However, I remind Ben that if there's food or a pair of socks... (laughs) or a squirrel, or a cat, or actually any animal, then all of a sudden, our faithful Archie isn't that faithful anymore. And in fact, um, there's been a number of times when Archie is running one direction and Ben is screaming and shouting for him to come back. Well, thank God, goodness, that thank goodness that God's faithfulness cannot be tempted. It's not Uh, changed by pressures of life or circumstances like my Archie's faithfulness. Thank goodness that when we're talking about Jesus's faithfulness, we're talking about a very honest, unconditional, loyal, forgiving, patient, perfect faithfulness. So the first verse that I want to look at, Zach, uh, up slide, is in Philippians 2 verse 5, it says this, you must have the same attitude that of Christ Jesus had. So what I want to do today is I want to look at the example of Jesus's faithfulness and see what we can learn from his example. Because it says there that we must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. So the first thing that I want to look at is this idea that Jesus was faithful in the big things and in the small things. Or the other way around, Jesus was faithful in the small things and he was faithful in the big things. You know, Jesus was faithful to his call upon his life. He was faithful to his ministry. And you know, whether it was a conversation with just one person that Jesus was having, or whether it was Jesus talking to 5,000 people, he was faithful in the small and he was also faithful in the big You know, he lovingly and faithfully spoke to the Samaritan woman, didn't he? He faithfully ushered little children to come and talk to him. And it even says in his final moments while he was on the cross, he was still faithful to his calling. He was still faithful to the gospel message. And even in his final moments, he was still sharing the gospel. He was faithful to his calling. So he was faithful in the big and the small. 
I want to share with you, I, when I was at university, which was many, many years ago, at university, I really felt that God gave me two really clear scriptures for my life. And um, I've tried to keep these two scriptures really central to my life from then on. And the first one is this. It's in um, Psalms, Psalm 37, verse 4. So this is the first verse that I felt that God gave me at university. And he said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, when I was at university, my desires of my heart were pretty simple. I wanted to be a teacher more than anything. Like Abigail really wants to be a teacher, bless her. And that is just what I had. They were my desires of my heart. I wanted to be a teacher more than anything else. I wanted to marry a Christian and I wanted to start a family. And um, many of you know that it wasn't that simple. Um, at university, I was engaged to be married, um, but my fiancé died a week before the wedding. But it says to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And do you know what? Delighting yourself in the Lord when everything's going wrong is hard. Remaining faithful to God when you feel like your whole world is falling apart is hard. But 17 years later, I'm standing here going, do you know what? God has given me the desires of my heart. He has been faithful. I've been teaching now for 17 years in a school that I love. I've been a wife for 14 years and a mother to two children. Remaining faithful to God and delighting yourself in him, even when it's hard, even when life's hard, being faithful in the big and the small. You know, let's not be blind to God's faithfulness in our lives. You know, some people say, that's just a coincidence that that happened. But I don't think it is. A bit like Charlotte was saying, you know, she is, she's living by herself and she's got a house and she's got spare money and she's tithing. And some people would go, oh, it's just a coincidence that that, no, we believe that that's God's faithfulness. And, um, Let's not be blind to see God's faithfulness in our lives. So I just want to tell you a little um, testimony. I shared this with, um, with the youth a couple of weeks ago. So last summer, I was called into my um, head teacher's office. And uh, the budgets were being cut again. Oh, joy, they've been cut again since then as well. So the budgets were being cut. And even though I had worked, so I work four-day contract. And even though I'd worked every Friday morning, and most Friday afternoons for a considerable amount of time, I got told in the summer that, um, that the hours were going to be cut, that there was no longer any supply um, possible, and that in September I was going to start on a four-day contract. I found out that other teachers in the school had had their contracts changed, but mine never got changed. So it meant that they were safe, and I wasn't, and it meant that they were going to get paid over the holidays, and I wasn't. However, and I was also really gutted because I was going to lose like a fifth of my pay. However, we know that God had a plan because, of course, it was last summer that we employed Joel to start working for the church. And as you know, there was this like, there were grant money. Once we took out Joel's wages and the different things were different things, there was a pot of money left, which was enough money for me to go one day a work working for church. Which, of course, if my contract had been changed at school, I never would have been able to say yes to River D. So that's the first sign of God's faithfulness. But then, 
fast forward nearly a year, the different teachers, I won't go into too much detail because obviously it's a personal thing for the teachers, but the teachers all got called into my head teacher's office last month to be told that there'd been a little mix-up between county council, Flinch Council never make mistakes, obviously, um, and that each one of them owed between one and £3,000 because their contracts had never been changed. And I was one of the few teachers that because my contract had never been changed, it didn't affect me. So, you know, I, some people might go, well, that's a coincidence. And, oh, lucky Elizabeth, it hasn't happened for her. But I'm saying, well, no, I think that's God's faithfulness in my life, that actually my contract was never changed, so it didn't have to be changed back. I was able to take the job at River D, but also... I'm now not having to find thousands of pounds to pay back to Flintshire County Council. You know, let's see God's faithfulness in the little things. Let's share those stories. You know, come up to Pastor Steve, myself, Ben, and one of the leaders and say, do you know what, this week something's happened. Can I share it this week? We would love as a church to hear some of the stories of God's faithfulness that is going on. You know... Us being faithful in the little things and allowing God to be faithful in the big things. Maybe there's a little thing, like maybe God's just prompting you to message somebody, invite somebody around for tea, to up your finances to something, to speak to somebody on the streets. Let's be faithful in the little things and allow God to be faithful in the big things. So the next point I want to look at is Jesus' faithful love. So Jesus loved as a father, and he also loved as a friend. And you know, we all know the story of the lost sheep. There were a hundred sheep, one goes missing. The shepherd, the father, of course, leaves the 99 and goes after the one. And you know what? Jesus has done this for every single person sitting here today. He has literally come and kind of lifted us and brought us back into the family. And you know, I've put here that maybe there is somebody here today that hasn't yet kind of felt accepted into God's family. Maybe you're just not quite there. Maybe you feel like you're the one and not really part of the 99. Do you know what? Today, I'd ask you to just accept Jesus' love, his faithfulness. Ask, can I be a part of your family? I want to belong to you. And you know, it says in the Bible that this is what's going to happen. That if you do that, if you accept Jesus and say, do you know what? I want to be a part of the family. I want to be part of God's family. Then it says this. It says that Jesus rejoices. Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. It says that God will rejoice over you. And you know what? As a church, we should get excited if one person comes back to church, if a new person has decided to, to follow Jesus. Let's get excited. Let's rejoice with Jesus that one person has come to him. You know, not only did Jesus love as a father, like that shepherd, but you know what? He also loved as a friend. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the disciples, and um, he was faithful, and he loved his disciples. Do you know what? Jesus even predicted that, of course, 
Peter was going to deny him. <clears throat> he predicted that the disciples were going to fall away. But despite that, he never gave up. Do you know what? Peter went on to, of course, be one of the leaders of the early church, despite his unfaithfulness. Not only was Jesus a faithful friend, but he served. He'd served his disciples right up to his death. He humbled himself. Of course, you know, in the story of the build-up to the crucifixion, he washed his disciples' feet. He served. You know, even when things were difficult, Jesus still loved them and he still served them. And I've put, do you know what? Let's take that as an example. When we're serving on team on a Sunday morning, maybe you're serving the coffees, maybe you're on um, Kid Zone, maybe if you're serving at the Community Fun Day and you've been put on a stall that you really don't want to be on, um, or you're at the Connect Meal, you know, even when things are difficult, even when people are difficult, even maybe when people have let you down, let's be humble, let's love, and let's serve as Jesus did. So the first one about God, uh, Jesus' faithfulness was he was faithful in the big and the small. He faithfully loved. And the next point here is he was faithful in temptation. You know, Jesus was tempted three times. It tells us in Luke 4 that he was tempted with food. It says that if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. He was tempted to worship something. He was tempted to have all the glory. But he remained faithful. He never once, he never once swayed from that. And you know, I said that God had given me two scriptures at university. The first was that take um, delight and he'll give you the desires of my heart. Well, this was the second scripture that God gave me at university. And it was live a life, the next one, that's it. Live a life worthy of your calling. You know, sometimes you might think, oh, it's all right for me to do that because I know another Christian that does that. It's all right for me to say that because I know another Christian does that or to go there or to listen or da 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 But you know what? We shouldn't, we shouldn't judge ourselves against other Christians. We should judge ourselves against Jesus and live a life worthy of your calling. And do you remember that uh, good old saying, what would Jesus do? And we all wore the wristbands, didn't we? What would Jesus do? In this situation, what would Jesus do? You know, we've got to be faithful in temptation. You know, one thing I feel at the moment is a bit of a temptation. I don't know about you, but is you're scrolling through um, social media and like, you go on a rabbit trail of like videos and all of a sudden you're an hour into it and you started on one video and you flicked your way through all these videos and all of a sudden you're watching something that you'd never have picked to watch. And you know, they call it like algorithms, don't they? And watching one video that's unhealthy for like five seconds will then change the algorithm of what you're going to start watching tomorrow and next week. Because the more you watch certain things, obviously next time you go on, those videos come up. And you know, every so often I have to change like the algorithm of my like social media. I have to click on a few like cooking videos and Abigail loves painting videos. She was watching loads yesterday, wasn't she? And click on a few painting videos 
click on a few worship videos so that next time I go on social media, the videos that are coming up and prompting you to watch are a little bit more of what I want to see. You know, let's follow Christ's example of being faithful in temptation. And then the final one that I want to look at is faithful obedience. It says in Philippians 2 verse 8, I think, that's it. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, the perfect way for Jesus to show his faithfulness to you and his faithfulness to me was, of course, to give his life in obedience You know, let's follow his example of being obedient with our lives. Let's be obedient to his word. Let's be obedient to our calling. Let's be obedient to his voice. Let's be obedient with our time and our money and our relationships. Let's be obedient to him. You know, I want to finish with a couple of little stories. Um, Soon our young people are going to be heading off to Cornwall on mission down to Redruth. And uh, my sister, Ruth, uh, and her husband, Jason, um, lead a church down there. And I rang up my sister yesterday, or actually I messaged her, and I said, have you got some good examples of being obedient and God's faithfulness? And you know what? Straight away, she, she shared these two stories. And I thought, it's really good for the young people to know a little bit more about Ruth and Jay, and for us as a church to kind of be encouraged with these. So... Ruth and Jay were leaders in Riverdee back in 2011. And uh, Ruth and Jay were thinking about the new year, so the start of 2011. And um, like a lot of couples, you might start the year and kind of go, oh, let's have a, you know, a pray of what God wants us to do this year. And um, it was, she said it was like New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. And Jason said to Ruth, how much is in our savings account? Because however much is there, God's told me to give it to River D. So Ruth had a little look and there was £150 in their savings account. And Jason said, well, God's told me that this year, as the start of the year, as a kind of like a seed into the future, we're going to give it to River D. Of course, Ruth said, well, we can't do that because it's just been Christmas and I've got a load of bills. And Anyway, they faithfully gave the £150 as a sign of their commitment to um, this year. Well, four weeks later, mum, Jane, Ruth's mum, handed them an envelope in church with their names on that anonymously had been given with £300 in it. Four weeks later, God had blessed their obedience. And only a few weeks after that, of course, the job advert came out, which was a pastor in Red Roof was uh, wanted. And a couple of weeks afterwards, of course, they applied for the role. Fast forward 11 years, they have recently just taken a sabbatical from their church and um, they were returning to church, to Bethel Church in um, September, as in the September that's just gone. So Jason said to Ruth, I really feel that God wants us to connect with our community in a new way that we've never done before. So Ruth went then away in September and prayed about it. She said she did like every single day, 28 days, she prayed. And she came back to Jason and said, I really feel that God wants us to do these two projects. 
And Jason's reply was, well, we haven't got one single penny towards it. The church had invested in um, a kind of like building a new cabin in the outdoors. They'd already asked the church financially to give, 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 give. And there's nothing in the bank account and we can't ask the people for a penny. So Ruth really felt that this was what God had wanted them to do. So obedience, faithful obedience. She said that she started out of their own money buying some shelving units because they were going to start a food larder. She, out of their own money, started buying items to go in this food larder. The other project was a youth cafe that they wanted to start. So Ruth said she went and spent, I don't know why she spent this much, but £150 on sweets and cans for the tuck shop to stock up the tuck shop. They, they personally paid for the leaflets, the signage, the advertisement, and they also bought some new games for the youth cafe. They obediently gave their finances to start up these two ministries. Well, six months later, so it started, they both started in October. The food larder, I don't know if anybody follows it on Facebook, but it's incredible, isn't it? They are getting, on average, 120 people in one session every single week coming along. And Ruth is completely running that. And then a soup kitchen as well. And they're also seeing between 10 and 15 young people come to their youth cafe. And these are two of the ministries that our youth are going to go and support. They're going to go to the food larder and they're also going to do the youth cafe. But, you know, Ruth and Jason were not only obedient to the big call upon their life, but they were also obedient in the small things, their time, their finances. So, you know... Let's be obedient to God's word. Let's be obedient to the calling on our lives. Live a life worthy of your calling. Let's be obedient with our time. Let's be faithful with our money and our relationships. Christ was obedient with his life. Let's be obedient with ours. We're just going to sing an old song and we're just going to invite the band to come up. And this song is talking all about this verse here. That being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And you know, just as we're singing this, I just want you to spend just a few moments just thinking about God's faithfulness in your life. Maybe you've got a story Maybe something that's been said today, you're thinking, do you know what? I've got a story of God's faithfulness in my life. Maybe you just want to thank God for his faithfulness, that he's never left you. Maybe you feel like you've been prompted today to be faithfully obedient to God. Maybe you feel like something's prompted you about being faithful in temptation. Maybe there's a relationship or finances. Maybe there's something that God is just asking you to be faithful in.
But we're going to sing this song together. And it says that you deserve my every breath. You paid the great cost. Giving up your life to death, even death on a cross. You took all my shame away. And there you defeated my sin. You opened up the gates of heaven and have beckoned me in. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your faithful love, your faithful obedience. I want to thank you, Father God, that you've been faithful in my life. All my life, Father God, I can see your faithfulness running through it, Father. Thank you that you've never left us, Father. Thank you that you are faithful in the big things. Thank you that you're faithful in the small things. And Father God, just as we think, Lord, about coming around your communion table and Easter that's coming up in a couple of days. Let us remember your faithful obedience that you gave your life, Father. And Lord Jesus, that's what we want to do today. We want to give our lives, Father God, in faithful obedience to you. I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody here today that feels like that one and not the 99. I pray, Father God, that right now, Lord, you would just allow them to just say those simple words of, Father, I want to be in your family. I want to be part, Lord, of your family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your love for us, your faithful, faithful love, faithful love.